We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 95.7 The Game presents Warriors World Radio. Featuring the one and only Andy Liu. Grow up. Yeah, you grow up. And Sam Esfandiari. So, who are you? Why do I got to talk to you? This is Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. All right. Andy Liu, Sam Esfandiari, Warriors World Radio. You know, it's 7 p.m. It's Sunday night. What are people watching on set? What's the show now that people watch? Succession. Succession. Is that a show? Is that good, Carl? Is it called? No. Yes. I, I think it's great. I'm all in. I'm I'm waiting for you to get all in. But um, I only watch Korean dramas and Japanese uh, reality television shows. That's what I do. That and 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 Steph Curry. That's what I watch. Those you know, three you, things. You didn't even watch the Niners today? Yeah, the Niners look pretty good today. Joe Shasky and Bonte, who who uh, we just who just finished their show. Those guys must have been just screaming in here for the last couple hours. Had to be, had to be. Shasky gets me. Shasky gets me excited about the Niners. I'm not even a Niners fan. <laughs> he makes me a Niners fan. The thing the thing about Shasky is. Uh, he does the show, and then he walks out, and you say hi to him, and he is the exact same person in real life. He's not fake. You know, there's a lot of media pers- compliment you can give a person. Yeah, a lot of media personalities out there who are very fake. Um, they do one thing on Twitter, then you see them in real life. They're entirely different person. No, no, no. Shask is, he comes out and he goes, we're hosting a playoff game this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way it's going, they might have home field the whole way at this point. <laughs> they might go 16-0. and 0. The, It is crazy that the, uh, the Niners, the, the Warriors, who, you know, it's a Warriors World Radio show. The Warriors... You know, the dynasty, you know, is on a brief pause for now, I guess you could say. And then and then Warriors fans get the Niners. It works out perfectly. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be worse. Um, if you want to join the show, 888-957-9570. Uh, we have a special guest in 10 minutes? Yeah, 12 minutes, 715. Should we review who the special guest is? Oh, I think we have to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I remember listening to uh, to this man, Jim Barnett, when I was a uh, when I was a kid, through the tough years, and he pretty much made the games enjoyable for me, uh, and made basketball fun. And you know, when Michael Peters was busy stepping out of bounds, you know, on another pump fake drive, you know, he made it good. You know, when uh, when Derek Fisher was, uh, uh, wow. When when Antoine Jameson was dribbling into his twenty fifth eighteen footer of the game, Stephen Jackson taking ah well the Stephen Jackson years weren't so bad actually shouldn't bring at, that least, up. at least at least Jackson was part of a playoff team which not a lot of other people could have said for that era. <laughs> uh, by the way, the uh, so we'll have Jim, we'll have Jim Barnett on. Uh, he'll talk about. Uh, pretty much everything that's going on with the season right now. Game one of the preseason, not so great. Game two of the preseason, pretty great. We'll go into uh, what's been going on, what we should expect are, from are both teams. Are you like me? Or... It's, 
it's the first time I've had, there's a lot of mystery around this team in about five years. Like, I don't really know what to expect. We know Steph's great. Um, and beyond that, there's just question marks all over the, you know, not not bad question marks, not good question marks, just a lot of unknowns. Like, D'Angelo Russell had a great year with the Nets, but we haven't seen him play on the Warriors. And he hasn't looked so great on the Warriors. We can Maybe we can start there. He hasn't looked that great on the Warriors, D'Angelo. Um, I think he's having a... a having some trouble uh, learning how to play off ball. Yeah, I, I think both he and Draymond have alluded to the fact that they're playing themselves into shape. Um, I don't know. I, I'm willing to give it some time, but they both look a little slower than normal to start. And, and it's preseason, you know. Uh, Anthea Slater actually had a great piece today that he essentially D'Angelo Russell – messed up his knee by overworking in the offseason a couple years ago. And because of that, he puts a premium on Interesting. not overworking in the offseason, doing individual work but not playing too much pickup, which is to say he knows entering preseason he doesn't have game legs under him, and he's using preseason to get his game legs. Interesting. Okay. Well, I think that's a fair point. He is still pretty young. The thing about D'Angelo is he's around 20, I want to say 23. 23. Yeah, 23. So he's a young... He's a young guy. Um, he hasn't shown really anything for you to say that he's injury prone, so it's nothing like that. Um, he's had a few injuries, but um, I think he's – it's such a big question mark because they also need him to not only play well with Steph, which I think he'll be fine. They need him to carry the second unit, and that second they, unit – They need him to be a, a legitimate mm-hmm. playoff second option. They don't, they don't need him to be uh, the best player on the team. That's Steph Curry. Uh, but they they need him to kind of you know replicate Clay Thompson's production at minimum. They need him to get twenty points a game in a fairly efficient manner. They need him to be a playmaker. Uh, he he can't just be a guy who's um, you know just kind of fitting in and being kind of a role player. They need him to they need him to stand out. And the thing with that is. It- Let's be very clear. Clay, it's not like Clay Thompson was uh, carrying that second unit either. It wasn't like he was some. And, and really, Kevin Durant even had some trouble with that second unit. It really is any time that Steph Curry is sitting down, the Warriors' offense um, stumbles a little bit. So we'll see what happens on the on the flip side of that. That second preseason game, Sam, forty points in twenty five minutes. Um, the Warriors win by twenty, and really. Steph Curry set the blue, blue. By the way, somebody said Jim Parnett is the grandpa everyone loves <laughs> on the text line. Um, he really set the um, blueprint on how the Warriors should and will win games this season. And yeah. it's to have a great Steph game. It's very simple. There's no analysis there. Steph makes shots. Warriors win. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, Steve Kerr had this to say today. You've seen. Everything that's come his way. So teams have played him every possible way that you could think of, and, and he's he's had years now to work on counters, and, and uh, so he's kind of in his sweet spot right now, and uh, he has been, I think, you know, the last couple of years. Um, and hopefully that continues for the next next few years. But he's he's an amazing player. Oh boy. Steve Kerr uh, essentially saying he thinks Steph's at his peak right now, kind of uh, insinuating he's at that peak of both physical and mental skill. Um, He's seen every defense. He knows how to counter every defense. 
Um, and, you know, he hasn't started his physical decline yet. So, you know, they're, they're going to need a lot from Steph this year. Uh, you turn on the, uh, the studio shows on the cable news networks, and, you know, they make it sound like Steph's proven nothing in the <laughs> league, and this is his, uh, you know, this is, this is his make-it-or-break-it year. Like, he has something to prove. Like yeah. He's not three-time champion, two-time MVP. Yeah, I saw a lot of uh, what ESPN or, or maybe SI or ranked him, like, sixth in the league, and then it's, well, he is he good enough to lead the Warriors? What are we, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I, I don't really understand ranking him below Anthony Davis and then being like, Steph has to prove he can lead a team. And I'm like, what are, what, what are we doing here? Actually, I do know what it is. It has everything to do with marketing and what team they want to drive the ratings. But that's another discussion. That's another discussion where NBA ratings are going down. And maybe we should throw that in a topic in the second hour. But we'll be, we'll be here. Yeah, for- may, maybe, uh, you know, maybe if you cover the game the way it happened instead of how you want it to happen. The ratings might, you know, kind of mirror what you think they should. Yeah. Um, so with uh, with Steph and the uh, the rest of the team this season, uh, a couple minutes before we had to break, very interesting situation with both the center and the small forward position. So last year, and really the last few years, the only things we would talk about in terms of rotation minutes are like, hey, who's going to be playing the eighth man? Who's the ninth man? Now, to be fair... Marquise Chris and Glenn Robinson III are probably eighth men or ninth men. However, the Warriors are now stuck in a situation where both guys might be starting come the first game of the regular season. What do we think about Glenn Robinson III? What do we think about Marquise? By the way, both look pretty good in the second preseason game. They looked excellent. I don't know what to make of it. Um, I didn't know Marquise Chris could pass. By the way, only Steve Kerr could turn Marquise Chris into a playmaker. Um, and I mean that as a compliment. No one else could have Marquise Chris averaging like five assists a game. But, you know, that's happened the first couple of preseason games. We'll see if that holds up. Uh, Steve Kerr, the, the arrogance and the intelligence to turn Marquise Chris, who uh, I don't think we think of as a high IQ player, into a, no. into a playmaker. <laughs> uh, but it it is an interesting question. I kind of want to get into it uh, with, with JB and later in the show. Do the Warriors, if the Warriors keep Marquise Chris, they're going to have to cut a wing. So the real question is, do they need that extra big when Cauley Stein and Looney come back from their injuries? Sounds like Looney's going to be back soon. Willie Cauley Stein, probably the end of the month at the earliest. Um, Or do they need that extra wing? Because to me, that's the real question. Well, I... I think to answer that, it's really the Warriors now, after the, the big guys, after Draymond, Steph, and, and D'Lo, and Looney, it's, by the way, I threw Looney in there, because he's a rotation uh, no, rotation piece now, but it really is whoever's the, whoever is the best player, I think, almost, uh, where it's, like, in the so NFL. You're not, you're not even worried about the position at this point, you're just like, I just want the guy who's most likely to make a positive impact. It's like drafting players, right? Best player available instead of drafting for need. So I think that's what the Warriors have to do. If you think Marquise Chris is a better player than uh, Alfonso McKinney, I mean, you got to do it. That's that's what you have to do. And it's not like McKinney's playing well where you're like, oh, maybe we have to have him play, right? And Alec Burks, by the way, hasn't even played yet. Um, so it's very... And Burks, um, different type of player than McKinney or Glenn Robinson the third, but at least Burks has been a regular rotation player in the NBA. Which is always positive. Yeah, he's played well before, so um, that's interesting. I, I can't believe that that's that's really a, the biggest question mark coming into the preseason. 
um, the Warriors don't have a starting three or a starting center. <laughs> yeah, um, at least at least with the center, they know what they want to do when guys get healthy. Like you know, you can count on Looney to produce to a certain level. Willie Cauley Stein's been a starter. Small forward, uh, I don't know about that one. It's a little more of a question mark at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we got a ways to go. Steve Kerr's actually got to coach this team. We'll ask JB about it. Uh, he he goes to practices. He's obviously talking about the games, talking to the players. So Jim Barnett's going to be back on the other side of the line. You're listening to Andy Liu, Sam Fendiari on Warriors World Radio. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. The Warriors over under is 48.5 wins this season. The eighth seed in the Western Conference last season won 48 games. Sam. These are both facts. So, in order for the Warriors to make the playoffs, they need to win, you would think, 48 games. I don't think there are any teams that didn't make the playoffs last season that are going to be better than the Warriors or that you can probably say are markedly better than the Warriors. So I think a 48 is about what the Warriors are going to have to get that to. That said... Um... The Pelicans, the Kings, mm-hmm. maybe even Dallas. They all look good. Like, this is, if it was an open 16 team playoff, I feel pretty confident 10 or 11 teams in the West would make it. Yeah. Like, the, like the Pelicans would be a lock in the East to make the playoffs. <laughs> Zion Williamson looks pretty good. Yeah, the hype, uh, the hype looks real. Yeah, the hype looks good. Good for David Griffin. Um, all right. Well, you are listening to Warriors War Radio. Andy Lucemus Vendiari. We have a Warriors legend on now, Jim Barnett. Jim, sir, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're in LA with the team right now. Yeah, we just arrived about an hour and a half ago. Got it. Yeah. So you're going to be. Uh, so the, what's the what's the next game? It's tomorrow. They're going to play in what for the fiftieth time? You think this preseason is that is that the number we're at, Jim? I think it's going to be like three times in a row because <laughs> we play down here Monday, Wednesday, and then I believe we play the uh, the Warriors play the Lakers again Friday back at Chase Center. So they played now the Warriors game one. They played the Lakers, and that was very interesting in, in Chase's first game. Uh, they looked much better in the second game. What was kind of the difference uh, between the two games that that you saw? Well, in the first game, uh, you know the Warriors. It's hard to really find out what they're going to be like because their bigs are all hurt. And in game number one, Anthony Davis had a field day. It looked like he was playing against high school kids because the Warriors had no interior presence whatsoever. That's what I noticed that really stuck out with me. Uh, he, he just went down the middle. They'd throw the ball to him. He did anything he wanted to do. They couldn't stop him. At one point, I think, you know, I'm sitting in the stands watching the game because I'm only working the uh, away games on radio. And so I'm watching it, and I, I believe at one time he had out, he had 13 points, and I think the Warriors had 11 or 12. I know that he outscored the Warriors uh, for a good part of that first quarter, anyway. Um, so that was that was the first thing. 
And then, uh, obviously, the second game, uh, the Warriors played much, much better, but they, they're still getting beaten on the boards, uh, offensive rebounds and all of those things. But Carl uh, Anthony Towns didn't hurt them. And, of course, Stephen Curry came up with 40 points in, what, 25 minutes or something. So he had one of those games where uh, he, he goes off, and that's going to happen. You're listening to Warriors World Radio. Uh, Jim Barnett on with us. Jim, this is Sam. Um, you mentioned the Warriors uh, dealing with injuries at the center position specifically right now. One player who's really caught Steve Kerr's eye in training camp is Marquise Chris. I thought he played uh, – he looked good in the first game. I thought he looked really good in the second game we got a chance to start. Do you think he's going to make the team? And more to the point, do you think he should make the team? I will uh... – go out on a limb and say yes and yes. Um, you know, he was eighth pick a few years ago. He had a great rookie season. I don't know what's happened. I don't know. But I do know this, that anybody that comes to the Warriors, they're going to get the best out of the, the Warriors organization, and the team is going to get the best out of them. And I, I don't know if there were any personal problems or why he wasn't playing as much over the last two years. But, Sam, I'm going to tell you something. I can tell who has talent and who can play, and Marquise Chris can play. I don't see how you could not keep him on the roster uh, based upon what I've seen. And he, he's a guy, you don't have to run plays for him. He goes and finds the ball himself. He makes the play. He can get to the glass. Uh, he's active. He's strong. He's a big guy. Uh, he's got skills. And I, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. And not only do I think that um, – that he's going to be on the roster. I know, I know it's tough because, you know, I've been looking at the numbers here and the guys that are signed and, you know, the free agents that they picked up and Gooden Robinson III and, and Burks and, uh, you know, they, the Smologic uh, is going to uh, be good for the future. He's only 19 years old. They're real high on him. Uh, Damian Lee, a two-way player, uh, he, he can come in and he's got no fear. But so those guys are going to be there. And I don't know who the casualty is going to be exactly. And, uh, you know, I'm listening to all these players, but I can tell you right now, Marquise Chris can play in the NBA. Wow. And and he was a uh, former lottery pick as well. It does look like Alfonso McKinney, JP, might be the guy that, that may be on the short end of this. So Yeah, I don't um, think he has a guaranteed contract. Right. And he's been with the Warriors, uh, you know, last year. did fine. He was, uh, who was he, with Toronto before. Mm-hmm. So, third year in the league, but uh, yeah, I think you know what you're going to get with him. With Marquis, I think the uh, upside is, is much higher uh, because I don't know whether he can be a star or not, but he can be a very good player in this league. Yeah, and, and the Warriors, really, they have maybe four to five guys, you would say, that are going to be really good right now, and, and really, that's that's what they need. They need to develop guys that obviously had talent. That's why Marquise Chris was drafted so high, right? So, um, how about, so you, you, you're in L.A. right now, you're with the team, um, I am curious to see the way Steve Kerr runs the offense this season. As of now, across two games, it doesn't seem like there are too many changes. Someone like Jordan Poole seems like almost he's running the place that would be there for Clay Thompson. So in talking to Steve, do you think that they're making wholesale changes on offense? And if they are, what are kind of the adjustments that you think they're going to make now that you know they're out KD, they're out Clay? Yeah, well, they're going to have to make some adjustments, and there'll be a little more one-on-one. And we've seen that already because... You've got two players that can do that with the ball in their hands, and one of them, obviously, is Stephen Curry, and the other is D'Angelo Russell, who likes to play that way. Um, and, and, and they absolutely have to have one of those players on the floor at all times. 
uh, either Curry or, or Russell. Now they'll play together. They don't have to play together all the time, but you can't take them both out at the same time. I, I believe one of those guys has to stay on the floor, uh, have a score like that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really high on Jordan Poole. I didn't know much about him uh, out, out of college. I think Well, I think Jordan Poole is one of those guys that's going to be a better pro than he was in college. Um, because there's, he'll have, first of all, there's less structure in the NBA for, for someone. Uh, and so he knows how to move without the ball. He's not afraid to shoot. He's not afraid of the moment. He's got a lot of confidence. I think he's, he's got a uh, strong mentality, uh, mental toughness, and I like that. Um, and by the way, when Clay comes back, you've got Curry, Russell, Poole, and Thompson. Those are four damn good shooters. And, and if they're out there, I don't know whether they're going to be out there together. They might be and go really small. But uh, it, it's going to be an up-and-down game, and it's going to be hard to uh, – uh, you're not going to be able to double-team anybody. And I, I think the Warriors could have a pretty interesting lineup that way with four players that can really shoot the basketball. Absolutely. You, um, in, in following up on Jordan Poole, like you, I didn't know too much of, about him out of college, and I've been really impressed uh, in preseason by what I've seen uh, as much just kind of the mental toughness playing through the game as, as the obvious skill you see when you see him shoot and some of the moves he pulls off. Uh, my question for you is how much should fans be reading into what we're seeing from him in the preseason? Should they be getting really excited or should they kind of temper expectations with Jordan Poole? I don't know. Everyone's different on that kind of thing. Um, I can't, you know, I, I can't go in the minds of uh, all the coaches sure. and stuff. And, and I haven't, you know, I, I, I take the summer off and I really haven't started looking at these guys. I've yet to see a practice, to tell you the truth. I've yet to see a practice at the, at the Chase Center. Uh, I'm going to now, I'm starting right now. Uh, I'm going to shoot around uh, off days. I'm going to the practices down here in L.A. I'm going to do a lot of homework that way and, and get ready uh, because I, I don't mind admitting uh, I don't even like to think about basketball in the months of July or August. And uh, <laughs> the way I am, I've got a lot of other things going on, and I wasn't even in the Bay Area. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have, you know, I, but I, but as sure. I, say, I, I know talent. Um, and one thing I'm concerned about a little bit until Thompson comes back is how, how are those three players, Curry, Russell, and, and Poole, um, you know, what kind of defense are they going to play? I think that's going to be uh, a challenge for, for this club right now in the backcourt. Um, so that's, that's something that, uh, you know, that I would see right now. But I, I don't know how they're going to tape it all up. I don't know how Steve is going to – I'm going to talk to Steve this week. I'll know a heck of a lot more. He had me on the show in a couple of weeks, and, and I might say something intelligent. I don't know. <laughs> well, what we do know, uh, JB, is that Steph Curry is pretty good. Um, <laughs> I think I think he's all right. I think he's okay. Now, there's been me and Sam. We've been you know we've been catching on a lot of media and a lot of the analysis that's going on, and a lot of the question marks are you know Steph is ranked outside of the top five in terms of players in the NBA, and and hey you know maybe the Warriors are kind of you know out of the playoff uh, rotation. You know I've I've seen people kind of rank him tenth really. Um, in the West Western Conference. So how much does Steph kind of take this into account, and how much do you think he's going to have the type of season where, where it's, you know, really right back to 2015-16, 2014-15, where he is the MVP? Does he still have that in him? It seems like it, and it seems better than really he's ever been before. Well, Steph is very mentally tough. We know that. He loves challenges. He loves to hear that. 
I've had I, I've read some things where some people put the Warriors fourth or fifth. So uh, they're all over the place and all over the map right now. But, you know, one thing you have to guard against is uh, for him, but he, he's been able to do it. He's been uh, – he, he, can, he can last a long season. Um, but if he tries to average 40 points a game, uh, he's going to get tired pretty quickly. And, and so I'd be a little, a little wary of that. Um, but you can't underestimate him uh, because he just has – he's different. You know, and I've been around this league a long time, and there's something special about him. And one thing, you know, just physically, you know, five years ago, he could not create his own shot. He needed help. Uh, but now he's, he's worked so hard. I've seen him in practice in the, in the past, and it amazes me how hard he works. But now he can't, excuse me, he can create his own shot, and he's not afraid to do it. And he can go to the basket. You know, he's not exceptionally quick, but he's deceptively quick. Um, and, and he has moves and he just, he knows about, he's got great balance and he can read the defense extremely well. He, he can see what's going to happen. He, he's very, uh, proactive in that, in that way. And of course he's a great shooter. Um, and that little step back that he has and gets that off at quick release, uh, he, he's unique. I've, I've never seen anyone even resemble, uh, Stephen Curry. So, you can't underestimate him, and I think he can if you want to say he can carry the team. Um, yes, but I don't want him to have that burden all season long. Uh, so, you know, everybody, we'll, we'll just see how how it goes. They're, you know, they're going, but they've got to they've got to get some big men healthy. They've got to get Willie Collinsstein back. They've got to get Kavon Looney back. Uh, Amari Spellman, who only played what forty five to fifty games last year, uh, and, and they traded Damian Jones for him. Um, he's, he's got to get a little more competitive. Um, he's, he's an outside shooter. He's a big guy, but he really prefers to shoot the ball from the outside. So I, but I don't know enough about him to see how, how it goes. And, um, you know, it, it, but, but right now I, I know it's a different game and it's a lot of three-point shooting, but you have to have somebody in there that can defend the rim a little bit better. Absolutely. The guys are hurt, the guys are hurt right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, but I think we both kind of agree when they get healthy, the big man rotation probably makes a little more sense. Whether that means more uh, Looney or more Willie Cauley-Stein, we'll see. Um, my question for you is, what are they going to end up doing at, at small forward? Because that's the real question when I look at, you know, uh, Steph and D'Angelo Russell will start in the backcourt. Draymond and uh, whether it's Cauley-Stein or Looney will start in the front court, But small forward's very in flux right now. Yeah, it, it is. And, uh, you know, their second-round pick, uh, Pascal, is um, kind of a tweener uh, a little bit there. Is he really a power forward? Can he play small forward? Can he shoot from the outside? Uh, that remains to be seen. Um, but, they're, you know, that's Alec Burks. I, I've, I've always liked Alec Burks. I think that's a great sign, uh, signing for the Warriors. Uh, but he's got to get back and be healthy. Um, you know, I, I think what do you call Marquise Chris? Do you call him a small forward or a power forward? <laughs> Maybe even the center at some point, Jim. I, I think he's just a big. I think he's a <laughs> modern big. He's kind of a four. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's kind of a, a guy that can he can play a lot of different. I don't even like to put a position on him because to me he's just a basketball player. Obviously, he's not a, a backcourt player. Sure. But uh, I, I don't know how to go. That's you're right. The small forward, and that's where is it going to be McKinney? Is he going to uh, Make the roster. Um, 
what what about uh, guys like Andrew Harris and Devin Marble? And mm. we're, we're, you know, do they have a do they have a shot at all? They've got they've been in the league a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll it'll be very interesting. By the way, uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll get you out of here with one more text from uh, from the text line. Jim says uh, someone someone from the from the four hundred eight says they would give you five years of their life to you if they could. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I may need that in the future. I did want to say one thing because I left off Jacob Evans and and you know I, I thought he had a very slow year last year and I saw him down in the yeah. uh, G League also, uh, but he's showing a little more spunk. And I think he could be a pretty good defender, too. And they, he, he may play a little bit just because uh, of his defense. And I saw him in one of the games already. He hit a couple of shots out there, which, you know, we did not see last year. So I'm, I'm kind of encouraged about that. Um, Very interesting. If he, if, he, if, if he, you know, all of a sudden decides and gets really tough and goes out there and says, okay, uh, because – He's really better at the defensive end. I was going to say, do you think, because, you know, watching him uh, in summer league, he was okay on defense. I, I just, I thought he would be maybe a lockdown defender, but is he more one-two on the defensively? Can he switch over and guard threes? He might not be big enough, though, right? Uh, probably not big enough. Yeah. No, I think they would uh, t- take care of him there. But, you know, sometimes a guy gets you need a wake-up call. Um, it's I really like to see the league. If they didn't give guaranteed contracts, even even if you're a number one pick, and you got to go out and make the team, like, wow. what kind of what kind of mentality uh, would there be? And um, you know, I guess it just it, it creates a, a sense of desperation. Right. And some guys come in and they get those contracts, and you know, I, 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 I I'm not going to speculate on anyone, uh, but I just know it's a natural tendency for a lot of guys because uh, I've seen it to all of a sudden relax and think they got it made and stuff. But, uh, you know, there's not so it's not so bad to come from the old days when you had to go out and, uh, you know, I played 11 years and I never signed a guaranteed contract. I never asked for one. You, could, you couldn't even get them early on anyway. Uh, so wow. I played it that way. Now, after after four or five years, I knew I was going to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you're, just, you're fighting for uh, playing time against, uh, against your own teammates and stuff. That's why there are a lot of fights in practice in those days. But <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. Um, <laughs> that's a great Jim. Uh, before I got off the tangent there, I'm sorry, guys. No, absolutely don't. Do Keep going. It, I think everyone loves loves hearing it. There's one question from the text line we want to ask you uh, uh, before we get you out of here, and that's yeah. um, uh, just kind of uh, talk about your you're going to be doing games on radio this year, right? Um, yes, and, and only on the road. Okay. Um, kind of. Are, are you excited to? Uh, transition to doing radio games what are the differences from calling uh from from calling game on tv and radio that's kind of something i've always been interested in night night and day night and day difference because on television you you're you're visually connected so you can you know you don't have to call play by play all the time on radio it is absolutely mandatory essential without question tim roy has to give the call and have to create the look on radio that, that that puts it in the minds of, of people, and he's so good at doing that. I just got to try to stay out of his way. I, and when I get when I come in, I got to say something, uh, you know, why something happened, you know, on, on a particular play, and get in and out quickly. It's, it's totally different. Um, you know, there's not as much glamour on radio. Uh, obviously, I, I loved TV for 34 years. I did that, uh, but there are some good things about radio. You don't have to wear makeup anymore. <laughs> 
once in a while on the road, especially if we're sitting way up somewhere, I can get away without wearing a tie. Um, and, and I have to say, and I'm smiling right now, I, I have to say, I, you know, I didn't know what, whether, I, I thought it was a pretty good decision by management to make a change when they go, when they, you know, came in now to uh, Chase Center. And I think Kalena was the right guy, and I'm really happy for him. He's such a—he's right across the hall from me, by the way, uh, down here. He's—he's he's not working, but he came down to That's observe awesome. what's going on. So, um, you know, I, I talked with him today. He's a great guy. He's—he's he's astute. Uh, he's a hell of a lot more handsome than I ever was. <laughs> doesn't even need makeup. And and that yeah, you know, he doesn't need makeup, <laughs> and he's and he's 40 years younger. He's 40 <laughs> years younger. It's, it's hard to believe. I, I don't. I have to say, I don't feel this old, but the doggone I am, and it's kind of weird. Um, so, uh, anyway, the radio is totally different, um, and I'm and I'm also, you know what I, I'm not saying that I don't deserve it or whatever, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm at this age. I'm not ready to retire, and I want to keep working. And one one season at a time. I've been signing one year contracts, and mm-hmm. that doesn't bother me at all. And uh, so now I'm doing half the games, and so I, I'm working to not get lazy because uh, if I'm not doing all the games to chase um, and I don't want to let anything out of the bag exactly, but there's a possibility of me working on the pregame show from six to seven with John Dickinson. I don't know whether that's going to come to pass or not, but that means I'd come to uh, the home games and, and have something to do. Ah, now that that's what we like to hear. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that, that's what we're looking forward to. I know I've, you know, Sam can speak to it as well. Growing up, listening to you was amazing. What I'll probably do uh, from now on is probably uh, put your put your voice on uh, on the radio and just turn the game on mute, and then that's perfect. <laughs> now we got to spend the whole first quarter trying to sync it up perfectly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm excited to it's, listen. It's kind of interesting because I've you know I've known Tom Tober a long time. He's going to do the home uh-huh. games, and uh, he and I are very different. And so I think that's kind of good too for for the audience. I know you like continuity, but uh, it doesn't bother me at all to do that and everything. So, uh, you know, Tom's a great guy, and I like being around him. I did something with him uh, for the Warriors uh, with a brewery a couple of weeks ago. We had a lot of fun. And, you know, we did, neither one of us have um, an agenda. We're, we're both pretty uh, transparent, and I, and I like that about him. And I try to be that way myself. Awesome. That's amazing. Warriors fans are excited everywhere. Jim, I know we've taken up. <laughs> Way too much of your time. We really appreciate you coming on. That was amazing. Uh, we'll have you on next. I love Thank it. We'll you, have you on next time. Thank you, man. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Sam. All right, Jim Barnett. By the way, the text line is blowing up with people that love Jim and saying that we're yeah. terrible. That's, why, why do you don't need to make fun <laughs> of us by saying Jim Barnett is great? We know that. The Come most on. positive I've seen the text line <laughs> is the Jim. Um, I'm excited to have him on the. You know, I'm not ready to let go of, of Jim on the broadcast. He's he's just such a staple. I mean, literally our whole lives. Yeah. He's been on Warrior Broadcast. And, and, I've, and, and I enjoy Clint Ozbuki, and I'm excited he gets to do the TV. But it's nice to know that I can still switch on the radio and uh, hear Jim when I want that kind of nostalgic feel. And it's not like you grow up. You grow up with him, and it's like, oh, you only like him because you had nobody else, and that was your guy. He was legitimately – I learned basketball from him growing oh, up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I really – like a lot of the stuff that he would say, like, hey, uh, you know, <laughs> the air balls go to the opposing Do you remember team. him during the, uh, during the not-so-good years of the OOs? It was, a, it, was, it was very instructional. A lot of uh, 
using the Warriors to uh, display how you shouldn't play basketball. I was just going to say, yeah, to tell you how not to to play the game. Uh, no, it, it was great. I think he's uh, uh, radio-only uh, road games. So <laughs> I was I was going to ask to say how what he thought about Chase. By the way, I have a story. Yeah, you know, we didn't even get there. Yeah, we didn't get there. We'll, we'll have him on in a couple of weeks. He did, he did note a few things. He... You know, he hasn't attended many practices yet or at all, but he is going to be for the next few weeks. So he's going to find out just how the team looks. So we'll have him on then and really figure out, hey, do they do they keep Chris? Do they cut McKinney? Who's going to be starting that type of stuff? Right. And so it's going to be very interesting. He said something interesting about Jordan Poole, and it's a thing that stuck with me, which is his confidence. Um, He's not going to shoot 50 percent from three. For uh, for the season, I mean, if he does, that'd be great. But you know, if Steph can't do it, I'm 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 not counting anyone else to do it, right? Uh, but but the one thing that sticks out with Jordan Poole to me is his confidence. He does not. I mean, he looks like a vet. You agree with me, Andy? Well, like he's not shy taking shots. He's not shy going at guys. He's not. He he plays like it's his fourth year. You know who that reminds me of? Reminds me of Clay Thompson, the guy who's he's now okay. He's not, he might not be as good. He probably won't be as good. I mean that, that's a very high bar. But so, yes, yeah, so let's but, be realistic. But in terms of the way that he's playing, you make a great point. Clay Thompson shot horribly his first season. Jordan Poole, his first half of his first year, yeah, so like, bad. This, it's a shooter who <laughs> who couldn't <laughs> hit shots, and then, and then he started hitting them. Very frustrating. Clay Ups, remember Clay Ups? Oh yeah. yeah. Very frustrating, but he got so much better from then. But he he never stopped, though. That's the thing with Clay Thompson. That's the thing with Steph Curry too. He never stopped. Um, and you look at Jordan Poole, and you make that point. He he's not going to stop. There are going to be weeks where he's going to be like maybe shooting twenty five percent from right. three. And that's every that's every mm-hmm. rookie. That's every every player really. We've seen Steph go through weeks like that. Um, but yeah, no, uh, his confidence his, combo of his confidence and. Um, his skill level is the other thing that stands out to me. He can do some things where I'm like, why did this guy fall to 28? Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I don't know how good he's going to end up being. Uh, I'm not going to say I watched a ton of Michigan. I've, obviously, everyone remembers that game winner he hit uh, in, mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament. Um, but, you know, I wasn't watching every one of their games. But, um, I mean, some of the moves he's pulling off the dribble are stuff that, you know, it's it's not rookie stuff. No, it's not. And it's not like end of first round rookie stuff either. JB made a great point where he probably will end up being a better pro player than he was at a college player. And there's a myriad of reasons for that. And we'll get into them. Uh, Jordan Poole, very exciting, playing very well. Um, he might even play minutes with Stefan Delo. It might be a thing where he's now with the defense is going to be miserable, but they might need to. Don't need to play defense if you can score 150. It was going to say. That's that's what happened last time. So, all right, let's get to break. We're going to talk more about the Warriors' breakdown training camp, breakdown the two preseason games. They play the Lakers 15 more times in the next week. We'll talk about what they need to see from Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, all the players uh, for them to become a playoff team. Warriors World Radio with Andy Liu and Sam Esfendiari. Warriors World Radio continues on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari.
Andy Lou, Samus Fendiari, Warriors World Radio, Fleet Week this week, Sam. I can't even sleep because all I, I can't even take a nap because all I hear is airplanes all day. I could do without it. A lot of traffic. A lot of traffic in the city. I could Um, do without it. I could do without it also, but, you know, the people like it. You know what the people like? The people like getting drunk. (laughs) That's what the people like. It's just another excuse, like beta breakers, you know. This is content you won't get any other time other than 7 to 9 on Sunday. (laughs) You you won't get this type of content from any other show other than Andy Liu and Sam (laughs) Asfandari. Hey, by the way, um, you think Steph Curry's good at a basketball? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, Kendrick Perkins tells me he's uh, he's just a guy. Yeah, yeah, the guy that brought the Warriors three titles uh, and two MVPs. He looks like someone that has mastered basketball in a way that you can't if you're in your twenties. Yeah, I mean, Alec Burke said this today. Just uh, playing against him for seven, eight years, and then actually like being around him every day, you know. Playing pickup with him, scrimmaging with him, he's he's in a different type of mode right now. He's locked in. It's great to be a part of. And uh, Steve Kerr earlier also echoed that same sentiment. And um, does it feel like Steph's kind of in his like the peak of peak Steph? Because I think you and I would both agree the the best we ever saw Steph play for an extended period, not like you know a couple games here or there, was 2016. Correct. And the way the Warriors are talking about it, they think he's better now. And he might be. So I agree. It's like when you watch Tim Duncan, you watch <clears throat> Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Kobe Bryant, legends like that. Um, there is a, a phase. There's several phases in your career, right? The beginning phases, you get to the league. You're, you may be good. You may not be good. Steph's, Steph's career has, has been a little bit different where he came into the league and Really, you didn't know if he was a superstar. You knew that Tim Duncan and, and Kobe. Right. You knew those guys, LeBron James, you knew those guys were going to be amazing. And with Steph, you thought he'd be good. No idea yeah, his, he would be his MVP rookie, good. His rookie year, it was clear he could play. Mm-hmm. It was not clear he would change the way basketball was played. Absolutely. And now I think in 2015-16, he became probably the most talented and productive player he's ever going to be. But I, I think now... You know, he's been through so much. He's been through the wars. He's lost on the biggest stage. He's won on the biggest stage. He's made big shots. He's missed big shots. And I think mentally, he's never going to be as... Like, that mental uh, toughness combined with his... That he's still in his prime physically, I don't think he'll ever be better than that. I don't think that he had this type of mental ability, like just in terms of knowing where the game is going to be at, you know, understanding the defense, understanding what you have to do at all times. He still struggled with it, you know, back then, but he was so good. It didn't matter. Now I think he's, he's felt that out. He understands. I I just think that's gonna, the team needs every piece of that. They need him to be that great. Yeah. He, um, he looks a lot more in control. Steve Kerr mentioned, uh, counter moves. He says he's basically seen every defense possible, and he knows how to counter them. And sometimes that counters a less than flashy, you know, just pass to his teammate, right? Uh, but that's growth that, you know, in 2015, Steph would try something. He'd try to make a wow play when he could just go for the simple play there, right? 
Yeah, he's becoming a coach's dream. <laughs> he's really. <laughs> well, he still ta- he still takes the thirty footers. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but he is. Um, it's just hard to. I don't even know how to describe it. When you score forty points in twenty five minutes in a preseason game, go fourteen for nineteen from the field, it makes it look so easy. Yeah. Um, the they need it. By the way, so this it is makes it look so easy. Oh, really? That board is. Oh, that's disappointing. Sunday night technical difficulties. Um, by the way, if you uh, if you want to call in, talk about Steph, talk about really anything Warriors, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero, and then the Chillin' Auto Body text line nine five seven nine five. Never seen so much positivity on the text line. It's not not the brand of the Warriors World Radio, but we'll take it. We gotta get JB on more often. Yeah, that's what we gotta do. We've got Grant Liftman coming on the next segment. Um, he'll talk to us uh, about the Warriors. He'll talk to us about Chase Center, um, what it looked like. We were there. We covered game one there. He was there as well. Um, that's an interesting topic because, I mean, what were your thoughts, Sam? Just what what was the atmosphere like? What was the arena like? So I've been to Chase twice now, and I had the pleasure of going once as media and once as a fan. So I got both experiences. And I will say it is going as a fan, which most of the listeners will, will go in that way. There, it's nice. It's just, it's very, very nice. We will see if the noise resonates, uh, but in terms of amenities, food, ability to walk around, sight lines. Sight lines is a big one. It's just as good as Oracle, but with nicer seats, a little more space, and better food. Yeah, um, just walking into it, it just feels very futuristic. It's very, you know, fluorescent lighting almost, right? Yeah. Uh, they have these. Well, I think both of us are just kind of like, you know, you heard about it for years. Yeah, yeah, Chase yeah. is coming. And now it's here, and it's like, oh, wow, they play here now. Like, because you're so used to going to Oracle. Yeah. That it's weird to, uh, this is where they play now. This is where they, this is a brand new arena. Now, it's a very big arena, but I will say, um, if there is noise, if it's a good game, if fans are there and it's a great, and it's good, and it's just it's Steph Curry's going for forty in twenty five minutes, that place does have potential to be very loud. They have built it out that way. Yeah, I don't actually think it's that big. Um, it feels bigger because the concourses are bigger, but mm. like the bowl itself, it's pretty. I don't want to say it's intimate, but you know the seats are relative are really good relative to. Uh, you know, if you go to some of the bigger arenas, I don't know if you've been to United Center in Chicago, that's kind of the one that always sticks in my mind where it's just kind of like, this is just too big for NBA. Yeah. Like, you, like it's so big. It, it would like a take, football stadium. Yeah, it, would ta- it takes an absurd amount of, like, crowd noise to get the to, – to feel it. Yeah, that's that's what you don't want. And I think they were very conscious of that. That was Absolutely. probably the number one thing. That, now, what they also do in very uh, – uh, very SF fashion is they have food trucks essentially uh, all around the all around the. I've never seen so much food in one place. Looks good. I was gonna say, Sam, it's a good yeah, date cur- spot if you want to spend five hundred dollars. It it is a good date spot, and I'm curious to uh, because preseason games don't get full capacity. We know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it sells out, people are comfortable not going to a preseason game the way they aren't in a regular season game. Um, so I'm curious um, 
if it'll be as easy to navigate when you have like the full packed house in there. And that's one of those things we're just going to wait and see, but it feels like it shouldn't be an issue because there's, like you said, it stuck out to me too. There's a lot of food. <laughs> there's a Modelo lounge too uh, at the top of the arena uh, where you can, uh, it's like a bar, there's a TV spot. Um, you also have to pay like, what was it, like $55 or something and you can get unlimited food. Um, yeah, but you can get into it for free without doing that. So, um, if you want, um, I think it's I think it's nice. I'm excited to see what it actually is when real game starts. Like we can we can have all our takes we want from preseason games, but end of the day, it's preseason. That TV's pretty big. Oh, that's that's a second thing. Uh, the t- it is just unlike. If you're if you're sitting in the the two hundreds, it's hard to watch the game because your eyes are going to be drawn to that TV. You are going to be watching the game on TV at the game, and it also comes with. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 